Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of This on That. I am, as always, Mike Solari. And I'm Chad Fogland. Ah, uh, how are you today? I mean, that's as political as you and me are ever going to get. But also on this podcast, because today we have the blacklist's Franklin Leonard to talk about presidential elections. And we're not only going to talk about this coming up presidential election, we're going to talk about all the idea of American presidential elections. I know you did a lot of research about uh, Australian presidential elections. Yeah, I didn't get to use any of that information. Yeah, it was a, it was a real uh, bummer because you told me how excited you were going into it. Yeah, there's a lot of knife talk, and I did not get to use it all, so I'm very upset. <laughs> Paul Hogan was invoked a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, well, you know, he's a national treasure. Yeah. He seriously <laughs> is in Australia. Look it up. Um, but so we, we get in it with Franklin, who is a really cool guy. Yeah, uh, super, super cool. Yeah, we talk about Broadway a little bit also. That mm-hmm. got that got a little in there. And uh, we think you're going to like it too. So uh, keep listening. We're going to talk to Franklin Leonard uh, about presidential elections. All hail the chief. Yeah, you guys have been really busy with the. Uh... There's, there's a lot going on. We got we got the live read this weekend. Blackwood's voting's happening right now. We got a screenwriters lab happening this weekend. My yeah, birthday I... is Tuesday. Like, oh crazy. wow, happy yeah. birthday! Thank you. Twitter like thirty-seven. I don't yeah. I don't follow a lot of people on Twitter. I follow both the table reads and the blacklist. Nice. All right. And my entire thing is just like. Uh, yeah, so no, we're, we're, pushing, we're pushing it hard. It's gonna yeah. be a good night. We want to fill the room, so uh, yeah. We, we got, I mean, like, there's 700 tickets sold. Oh wow, yeah, that's like, it's great. Gonna, it's gonna be packed. So yeah. Where are you performing it at? Montalban Theater, Hollywood and Vine. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's nice. Theater. It's literally, I, and the cool thing about it is we sort of stumbled onto it, but it's a theater that was bought by Ricardo Montalban. Oh, like <laughs> I mean, literally, he bought it and then refurbished it, and it's beautiful, and the staff there is amazing. We're we're very lucky to have him. Great. Nice. How close would you need to be to the mic? Uh, um, usually, I hear you fine. He, yeah. can, right, he, right. he can adjust you. All right, real fine. Quick. And this is, this is me and right that, That's your this head. Is, all right, beautiful, yeah. yeah. All right, great. Great. Cool. Um, but yeah, our conversation, you picked it, yeah. is presidential elections. Yeah. I don't even know if you Obsessed. want to talk. Obsessed. Obsessed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 there are probably like two like real addictions in my life. One is politics. The other is soccer. Um, if so, there yeah. was only a way to combine the two. Well, well I mean, there is. Yeah, if they have elections for the... Well, the FIFA elections <laughs> yeah. would be, yeah, exactly. And there's, Lord knows there's tons of stuff there. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> but one of the reasons I love soccer is that it's this weird proxy for, like, cultural stuff. So you have, like, teams. Like, right now, the Real Madrid-Barcelona match is happening. Mm-hmm. Which I'm actually missing, which is crazy to me. But um, I have a TVOD. How honored yeah. are we? No, by the way, for the record, I, I realized it, like, three days ago. And I, was, I briefly considered trying to reschedule. And I was like, I would be a really dick move. So I decided <laughs> not to do it. But, um, but, you know, like, Real Madrid is, like, the team of, like, this was the team of the Spanish king. And then, mm-hmm. like, the Barcelona's, like, Basque separatists. So, like, you get these weird political sort of oh, proxy yeah. fights on the, on the field of play, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then when you look at, uh, I mean, presidential elections, I mean, yeah. this, I mean, it's something that has evolved, like, oh, so much. like almost every time every... there has been. Yeah, it's certainly during our lifetimes. Yeah, I mean, at least, if we, and if we're talking, I mean, I think like we should focus in on maybe an American presidential yeah. election. Yeah, yeah, that's otherwise, what I'm, that's what go, I'm, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like when I talk about my fixation, it is definitely American presidential elections. Like I enjoy politics generally, mm-hmm. but U.S. presidential elections I think are a specific, fascinating phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so but uh, so you have those huge fascinations, but what is like the one thing that really stands out then? 
Like about the about like, well that that just en- enamors you in it. I think the thing that enamors me, and I think it's true probably about about soccer and sports more probably too. I love the sort of the, the narrative element of it, like the mm-hmm. storyline. Like, you know, I'm the guy that I'll watch the Olympics. I'll watch like a curling match in the Olympics, and they'll do like the like the package, and it's like you know he, he, he grew up an orphan and like all of this stuff, and then you then you get to see him either win or completely you know not get everything he's wanted for his entire life. I think the same thing is true in politics, right? Like you see the sort of Trump emerges and then hopefully recedes. Um, yeah. You know, the, the narrative behind Ben Carson, once, you know, internationally renowned uh, pediatric neurosurgeon who, Did you, I don't even know what the hell he's doing. I forget now. who it was, but there was uh, some TV, like they did an interview in his house and they were like, had a, like they were kind of, it was almost like cribs, like they're going through his house. Oh yeah, the house is crazy. The, and he, he had like one painting of him of Jesus. Him and just Jesus, like, just chilling, <laughs> chilling. Yeah, Jesus has like got his hand on his shoulder. <laughs> Saturday Night Live actually spoofed it really well. Like oh, yeah. Uh, last, yeah, last weekend there was a sketch with with, uh, with young Ben Carson. Oh, I see. Um, it was Jay Farrow doing a perfect Ben Carson impersonation, but like the young version with like an afro and like a leather jacket in the seventies, like brawling on the streets of Detroit. <laughs> and then and then Black Jesus and Keenan shows up as Black Jesus, uh, and they have a conversation. It's like you know you shouldn't be so violent. One day you're gonna run for president. And then like it's basically like a it's a backstory to that painting. Oh my, which God. is amazing. Yeah, oh, I gotta watch that. Yeah. I did not. I missed that. But it's like it's stuff like that. It's like this. I mean, look. Fundamentally, there are human beings running to run the a country of three hundred million human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, especially in I think contemporary American uh, uh, presidential elections, you see, it's almost Shakespearean in the extent to which you see people's like the human flaws come out because of their ambition. I mean, like you look at John McCain um, eight years ago. This is a guy who served his country, mm-hmm. you know, was a prisoner of war, uh, is still has the injuries, still deals with the injuries from like his service to the country, and had been, I think for the most part, a really noble defender of what America represents. And then so desperate to be president, he's like, fuck it, gotta go with Sarah Palin. Yeah. Um, and, and like that's, you know, if that's not a Shakespearean sort of, uh, you know, moment of overarching ambition being ultimately the things that brings you down, I don't I don't know where else that plays out so clearly. That, in was, a, that was a wild thing too. I remember they had, uh, I don't know who did it, but I, it might still be up on the web, but they had like a, a Sarah Palin presidential like interactive kind of like web page oh jesus it was, it was all based around like you know if if john mccain got elected then and john mccain died and she became president and it was just like the oval office like an artist rendering of her sitting oh, there wow. and all the things that were around and you could click on them and oh, like, wow. they would make noises and stuff it was really it was really funny i mean here's the other thing i think i should say like like i have no designs of ever running for public office yeah. <laughs> so i also feel like i have a great deal of sympathy with people who are probably fundamentally most of them i'm not gonna say all but most of them are fundamentally good people yeah who who legitimately think they're doing the best of the country um but some of them are just disasters like i mean sarah palin just recently admitted that the question about what newspapers you read was a fair question from katie Couric. <laughs> like but for years has been yeah. like i was you know yeah, it's gotcha been journalism a, has that been almost a decade like yeah almost that's why i mean it's been it's been eight years almost yeah. Well, if you, if you and you think about it too, like I've I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I read an article a few years ago that was saying basically with with Facebook and social media happening, and how like the internet, you know, like any kind of picture you're tagged into, like um, 
if you're like drinking a beer or something like on Facebook in your picture, it's pretty much on the internet forever. So like, oh, yeah. it was saying that like young people, like the next generation coming up that does, if they want to go into politics, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. They're going to have, they're going to have all this, you're either a going to have to like, just completely change their identity. <laughs> right. Like just like, I'd be like a totally different person yeah. or like just be completely upfront and honest. Like, yes, I, you know, cause like, I mean, the today, like, uh, there was no pictures in, like, the, uh, you know, there was no Facebook in the 80s or whatever. Right. So, like, the candidates who were in college or at so the So, we time, don't have, like, images yeah. of, like, Barack but Obama, everybody, like, smoking out of a six-foot Yeah, bomb. but everybody did it. Like, you, yeah. I mean, you were human beings. Like, you we were all young. Like, there, we weren't, like, perf- there's no perfect person. The, well, the other idea is that somebody does Truman Show, like, the next president. <laughs> like, they're like, all right, we're going to make this guy, and he's not going to, you're not going to go out, and you're you're going to be the next president, and we're going to, we're going to. For I, you. Yeah, with a mentoring candidates or yeah. anything. I'm like, I mean, look, we already have, there are definitely people who are in college right now who are like, I want to be president one day. I'm not going to use social media to like post things that might get me in trouble. Yeah. But look, we're also dealing like the la- the presidents for the last 16 years, since 2000, we have had presidents who have publicly admitted to have done cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I feel like we're moving closer and closer to like that being acceptable, but it is going to be really interesting because there's a difference between... George W. and Barack saying, yes, I, I did a lot of cocaine occasionally to, like, seeing the president, yeah. like, you know, with his right. face head deep in, like, a pile of cocaine, um, Scarface style. So yeah. I, I, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, we we're already seeing it, though. Um, Crystal Ball, the MSNBC host, ran for Congress, if I'm not mistaken, and there was, like, a photo from her Facebook page when she was in college from a party where she had, like, a hat with a dildo on it, and that was, like something that they was connected to her yeah. race and it was an issue. I now, might have the details wrong, but I think that was what happened. I want to go back to really quickly to the narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that is essentially what an election is. I mean, yeah. I feel like even if people believe a certain thing, like these are my politics, yeah. I can't say all of that stuff because I have to put on this show. I have to put on 100%, this yeah. And there's something like, did you did you guys see that Black Mirror episode about the of the election? Oh, yeah. And the, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like there's just like, being able, like, if if someone goes full Bullworth and just like gets rid of it, uh, and just goes like uh, calling people out on it, like can't like I, I it's so weird that we don't have that like honesty, yeah. and then somebody can't look at it and being like, no, they're just really telling it like it is, and they're not sugarcoating or not uh, feeding it right to us. I feel like we've as a, as a country have yeah. just accepted that like people are a the government's either going to lie to us or right. people are just going to spoon feed whatever the bullshit they have and we just have to pick whatever person we feel we just generally feel is the right one. Well, I think what's really interesting is I think we're already seeing that though I would argue that like it's not the full Bullworth cuz like Bullworth was obviously like calling out like true bullshit, but yeah. 40% of the Republican party think that's exactly what Donald Trump is doing. Mm-hmm. Right, like forty yeah. percent of the Republican Party is out there being like Trump is telling it exactly like it is. We need to register Muslims in a database, and like that's that's the way it should be. But and and he they really think of him as speaking truth to power, cutting through the media bullshit, and 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 just tell, speaking plainly to the American people. And that's why he's you know destroying the field right now in the Republican Party. I think mean, the five day rolling polls has him like up by like fifteen points. It's rough. Yeah. And then also okay with social media, I think like. Like, think about how technology is going to, like, just think, like, 20 years from now, insanely, how much more technology is going to affect. Because I remember, like, in learning about it, that the first ever uh, televised debate really changed the game because you had to yeah. focus on, like, how people were viewed. Well, that's JFK. That's JFK. JFK. Yeah. yeah. But then, one guy looked presidential. One guy looked 
quasi hello. And, and that and that changed from just listening to people's voices yeah, and hearing it. But now let's look at it. Like I remember when uh, it was the Obama McCain stuff, and everything moved to YouTube because yeah. there was really YouTube was '05 that came out really, and before that, like Bush had already been reelected, so there yeah. wasn't really any internet stuff or there was a little bit for like pre-youtube stuff but yeah but uh that was like i remember like that was a people were saying that was an election fought on the internet and then it's yeah. like what's the next this what, what's the next progressional well, thing that's, that's like microchips in our brains yeah just <laughs> it's broadcast like, directly there i remember being in high school and like sitting down at a restaurant and like they you know they have those kids menus or whatever like the placemats like mm-hmm. the, and they had like all Crayon, the, yeah. has all the presidents on it like had a picture of every president on it and the, this thing stuck out in my brain and still does is like you look back and it's like George Washington John Adams they're all like very stoic like in their their portraits they're very serious <laughs> and you get up to the point like JFK and then after that it's just every single president's just a huge smile on their face oh, like, yeah, 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 like totally everything's great like no, totally you can't yeah, you can't be stoic now people yeah. be like what are you up to well, also, I think George Washington's holding for a painting. He's not going hmm, the whole that's, time. That's he, has to, he has to just relax. <laughs> that's a very good I don't, point. I don't think people... <laughs> <laughs> yes. They did their one pose. Yes. I, mean, I don't think he been, stood yeah. there for like all 16 hours while they painted him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, but look, I, the, 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 the change in the election is, is fascinating. I mean, like 2000, it was still like very much retail politics, like phone calls and like, you know, out there handshaking. 2004, much of the same, but you're right. You know, Obama won in 2008, I think mainly... Besides being an amazing candidate, and I think sort of representing the country better than McCain and Sarah Palin would have, you know, they mastered the the tech game. You know, mm-hmm. they had yeah. like, and then and same thing with with, with uh, against Romney. Like, they had they had the go team on the day that could have said, okay, we're under, we're we're not getting enough votes from this district. We better like roll out more people, get more people to the polls. Uh, whereas Romney couldn't, and I think it's it, we're going to see more and more of that. I also think it's. Because of Facebook and Twitter and all these things, you're you're seeing the sort of uh, soundbiteification of politics even more than we ever could. Yeah. Like, you can't make a argument that lasts longer than 15 seconds. I think it's 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 also like clip it out and put it on the yeah. on the web. Do you think that makes it sound more disingenuous? Because um, as opposed to before. Before Twitter, even before television, like just on the radio and stuff like that. I t- or look, newspaper. I, I tend to prefer, you know, cogent longer form arguments so i think yeah for me like you know 140 characters 15 seconds tends to be less interesting to me than than the longer thing but look i mean i don't know that it's disingenuous but it's it's incomplete you know like you can't really explain what you believe and why you believe it in 140 characters unless you're just trying to get that pop that gets a lot of retweets right i mean that's kind of like a problem with almost like society today too is like uh, i mean just coming from a comedic standpoint it's like in 2003, 2004, you could put an, a video on the internet that would be like four, five, six minutes long, and right. everyone would watch it. And nowadays, like if that video is longer than a minute, it's like people get bored and just like, no, nah, I don't. I, don't I think that's right. It. Is, is there a difference between like, like, like the trying to imagine like Richard Pryor? Yeah, like would have a hard time, I think, in the current comedy environment because you gotta like deliver a joke every yeah. 15 seconds. Whereas Pryor stuff is like, you know, let me tell you this 20 minute story, and by the end, you're gonna be laughing your ass off. Exactly. But the first 10 minutes is all set up. Yeah, it's just the attention span is yeah. so like, well, which. Which, but then also like it also says it says something to the fact that like our presidential election now basically as soon as we elect a president like six months later we're we're already starting to think about the next election. Oh, hundred percent. It's like it's ridiculous how like 
I mean, then, I think we're all, I think, look, I think there are people out there already trying to figure out, like, all right, 2020, what's going to go yeah, down? Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> and also, let's even think about people who are, like, like I know this doesn't apply to this particular election, but people going for re-election. Like, I remember, like, I mean, I, I, I don't sit in on a lot of big uh, election talk or White House talk, but, like, I remember watching The West Wing, and, like, in the first... <laughs> they, in, they don't apologize for watching The West yeah. Wing. Well, well <laughs> in, in Bartlett's first term, they're like, oh, we got to be careful because we're going to want to run for re-election. Oh, in three yeah. years, so we can't do this. And it's like, but no, that's the right thing to do. Oh, it's... but you see it even with Obama. Oh, like, no, yeah, Obama totally. post the midterm elections has been a completely different president oh, than right. he was. Yeah. Like, we are in full give no fucks Obama. Yeah. Especially this language. final year. Oh, yeah. He's just oh, yeah, like, you can say right. whatever the hell you want. Okay, great, all right. Yeah, he's just, I mean, I think post the Dylan Roof thing, where it was literally like, okay, murder of, of 10 people at a black church in South Carolina, uh, Supreme Court confirms that Obamacare is legal. Supreme Court affirms the right to gay marriage. Obama sings Amazing Grace at the funeral in South Carolina. Since then, it's just been like, whatever, y'all. I'm out. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, was it you that posted on Facebook? Chat. I'm pointing to Chad. Yeah. Posted a video of him riding a skateboard. Oh yeah. Somebody was it really? It. Is it really? Oh, it's not an actual one. It's someone edited a like. Uh, was at the World Conference where he's, he's shaking hands with like a German <laughs> dictator, but like he has to walk across this. Someone edited it's like he just puts on a skateboard and like skates over, then kicks it off and handshakes <laughs> I, the guy's hand. I, I would love to see Obama like on a hoverboard by the end of the, his administration. I mean, I think my favorite moment maybe of his was during the State of the Union address uh, this year, where he was like, you know, I have no more uh, election, no more campaigns to run. And all the Republicans are like, woo like, Obama's done, Obama's done. He's like, I know, because I won both of them. And it was just like, damn, like, you really, and, and, and now, I mean, the whole thing with the, with the Syrian refugees, like, he's just like, Y'all are being completely ridiculous. It's offensive and un-American, which I, it is for the record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like you mentioned it earlier, like the registering of, of Muslim, like, I mean, wh where the hell are we? Are we back in Japanese internment camps and uh, all oh, this? We're past that because yeah. the mayor of Roanoke, Virginia, used the fact that the U.S. interned Japanese uh, in internment camps as justification for suspending Syrian refugees. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the the Trump uh, the, the Trump registry thing. What I think is amazing about it is he has managed to inoculate himself against the Hitler criticism because because you know how there's that thing on social media where like as soon as Hitler is invoked in an argument, like yeah. the argument is basically bullshit. Mm -hmm. So he has made this thing like, yeah, we should we should definitely register uh, Muslims in American Muslims in a database. And the appropriate response to that is. Holy shit, dude! We've seen this before in yeah. the Weimar Republic. This is straight up Nazism. But literally, if you make that critique, any of his supporters can be like, "Oh, well, you mentioned Hitler. This conversation is ridiculous. Yeah. You're being hysterical." But that is literally exactly what happened. Uh, um, you know. But I guess, I guess, you know, all the American Muslims would get gold uh, crescent moons yeah. for their lapels, well, and they'll be they'll be classy. I I, I just I think back to like. The older, like I'm talking seventeen seven, like seventeen eighties and eight, early eighteen yeah. hundreds, like where I feel like people on their soapboxes. I mean, granted, I don't, I wasn't listening to. There's no recorded things you really don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. But like, uh, closer still good is the uh, Hamilton musical. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So I want to talk about ha the, which, by I, the way, we could have done the whole episode about that. I've, <laughs> just, okay. just so you so know, talk yeah. about other obsessions I'm very, right now. Well, well so uh, I I know I know I, the one thing I know about the Hamilton musical is that everybody is obsessed with it. Yeah. I have not listened to the soundtrack, nor have I seen it because. Okay. But. I am, as a person, very interested, specifically in the whole Aaron Burr versus yeah. uh, Alexander Hamilton. I'm sure that plays a part in the musical. It is the central 
But yeah, focus on the musical. Okay, yeah. yeah, because it is just so interesting between Burr, Jefferson, and uh, you need to listen. Hamilton. You need to listen to the cast album. No, like, I, I might like right now. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I I told myself I will get to it. Yeah, but like I have books on it. I, Alexander Hamilton wrote this. Like I have this great writings of Alexander Hamilton. Oh like, wow! Like it's like a journal of like stuff, like letters he wrote to his daughter, pe- stuff. And it's just you see, like there's here are three guys with similar politics, and one guy's like. I am. I think that guy is so not right for the country. Yep. I'm gonna bow out to let the other guy win. There is there is literally a song in the musical dedicated to exactly that choice. Okay. It uh, is. Look, I, I I literally could go. I could do two hours on I, Hamilton. I, I, I promise I today. I can't recommend it highly. Enough. I yeah. promise today. I will. I will download the album. I will listen to it. Here's the caveat I will give you though. It will probably be, it'll be the only thing you listen to for like a month. Really. That's I, been my experience. I need, well, maybe I need to maybe listen to it as well. I've, well. I've read about it, but I need to, I so definitely need to listen I'm from, to it. I'm from New Jersey. Maybe I'll just like get tickets and brought, maybe maybe try to For while I'm back in August the of 2016, maybe. I mean, it's sold out. It is literally sold out, I think, through next summer. They've done like $60 million in advance sales. Shit. It's bananas. Well, I, I'm not really in on the whole Broadway thing. I didn't know how it worked. You and me, no, me neither. <laughs> I, I, this is, I found this out when I tried to get tickets. It, it, I, well, that happened to me with Book of Mormon. Like, I was yeah. like, I really want to see Book of Mormon. Similar yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. Now, I remember, like, this... It, the Hamilton reminds me of like an, another musical that was I think it was late nineties something called Assassins. Do you remember that? I'm one? aware of it. It's like all the different. Yeah. Uh, it was assassins. basically all the presidential like assassins like all singing like and it was <laughs> it was uh, like I think it starts off with um, was it Android. Weber it, yeah, or Sondheim or yeah, one, of the, was, one of the one of the big guys. Was one of the big guys did it, but it's like uh, it's I, I damn it, it just jumped out of my head. The guy who shot JFK. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey, yeah. So it starts off with Lee Harvey Oswald trying to like go on like, I don't know why I'm not happy. And then John Wilkes Booth's ghost shows up and like goes <laughs> and sings a song like, everybody has a right to be happy. Go shoot the president. Like, <laughs> that's, and then it, and there's like a love song between Squeaky Frome and like uh, singing like to uh, Charles Manson in jail. Like, I need to see this. It's an amazing, it's like, it's super crazy. I've, I never saw it, but I listened to the recordings. It's super funny. So um, do you guys are, Remember uh, the TV show in the '90s, Sliders? Oh yeah. Yes. So there was, an, and we're going back. This this is relevant. So uh, there, there's an episode where they get to a uh, a dimension where the like superior gender is women, and men have like no like voting rights and no other <laughs> rights, and they're like they're like a second class citizen. And it, be, the whole episode is like John Reese Davies, the guy who plays. Uh, Gimli in Lord of the Rings, mm. like poises himself to become like the first male like candidate <laughs> that will be yes. that will be considered taken seriously. And then like some other guy runs over and like tries to assassinate him. Oh wow! And they're like, yeah, he's, they're like, I don't get it. He was a guy. Why is he trying to kill him? He's like, people really can't accept change, man. What can I say? <laughs> and I was like, that's in the nineties, and I, I always think about that episode. That's amazing. I didn't yeah. track that down. Yeah, it's in like the first or second season. It's one of the early ones. That is that is a, that is an episode of a show I would enjoy. That's yeah. for sure. Because it's easy, because you can just watch it. It's yeah. like there's 40 minutes of my day. I'm good. I'm happy. Sounds good to me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I really don't know much about in terms of elections. I know, like a little bit about like the beginning, the beginning people, the Link Lincoln, yeah. and then from like Jefferson. Uh, I'm sorry, like uh, beginning people. He's the 15th president. Yeah. <laughs> 16th. Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant like the first like three. Uh, yeah. but, uh, uh, and then like the so Washington Adams Jefferson, you're good. Yeah, yeah. and then. But like it's like the, all those middle guys, like like, like the Miller Grant, Fillmores the Grant, and yeah, Z- like, Zachary uh, yeah. Taylors and the, and those folks. Yeah, yeah. like about very like, few I, people know all that much. I I wouldn't claim to either. I mean, look, my real fascination is is the is modern the, is, right now. Yeah, is the modern is yeah. the modern presidential elections. Um, 
Well, it's interesting that in the early days, like the Republican Party was the like was was kind of the more liberal party, and like everything kind of switched. Like, yeah, switched, yeah, switched during the civil rights movement. Yeah. Uh, Southern Dixiecrat yep. uh, thing, and then you know Reagan gave his uh, announcement speech in the birthplace of the Klan, and <laughs> all of a sudden the Republicans <laughs> yeah. are, you know, the party of the Southern Evangelicals. So, there you go. all right, well, I think this is something worth talking about. Then, uh, what about? I mean, so we always really see. Republican, Democrat, at least right now. Let's talk about like the the Naders and the, the third uh, of third yeah, parties. The, the, like that, like other guy who like everyone's like eh, he's not gonna win, but like he's the, like three. The throwaway vote. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look. So so Nader was an interesting phenomenon in two thousand. I do think that his campaign in in many ways. Well, look, I think Gore actually won the election against yeah. Bush in two thousand. But I think that that Nader running made it close enough that Bush could snatch the election via the legal yeah. system. Um, I think we desperately need a viable third party um, yeah, just I, so that we can engage in a real conversation about the issues. But I would be just as happy if the Republicans got their shit together and like engaged in an intelligent conversation about the state of the nation instead of, you know, trying to appeal to people's worst fears about, you know, some undifferentiated terrifying other that wants to you know kill your family well, and steal your property i agree i think that the two-party system is just it's it's not like we need to have more of a choice i mean if we're in a country that we i mean i think it's set up that way too like we sh i think it's potentially there could be more parties or like you know if, like, well there uh, are the parties it's just yeah, they're not it's just, as they don't the have money the, and the yeah the parties like, exist it's just impossible to sort of I mean, well, in there, look, there's 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 the issue of sort of uh, matching funds for your campaign. Yeah. There's the issue of being able to run a national campaign, and it's very much. I mean, like the presidency and the Congress, they're very, it's very much an all or nothing situation, district by district. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't even if you can get five people elected in Congress, you're still going to have to ally yourself with what you know, either the majority or the minority, so mm -hmm. that you can get anything done. Yeah, I mean, the parties have 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 won, yeah. essentially. It's, yeah, it, it, I mean, I guess it all does come down to the money and the being able to fund everything just because um, some people just can't. Like, if, if we were just like, all right, people are going to run. They're not going to run for a party. We're just going to have people who have made, made their statements and whatever, and yeah. then you can vote for them, and maybe we'll narrow it down to, like, the top 15 or top 10, and that's what we'll put a ballot together. But, like... The you're right. Like the the amount of like outreach you have to do, and maybe it will be easier with the internet. Maybe will there will be like some election reform in like a hundred years or something. <laughs> Good luck with that. I hope I, 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 I maybe great. We yeah, need I know. It. But, no, I, but I know. post Citizens United, it, it seems virtually impossible. Yeah. yeah, I know. But it's I know it's just something to think about. It's like when people write like it's like the Freakonomics guys writing like, oh, you know, if you do this weird thing, then the world could right. be like changed. Like, what if like those guys advised like. John Oliver to run. Oh, he's British, but like somebody, <laughs> but like some, some Stephen Colbert. Let's Stephen, get Cole, let's yeah, get Colbert yeah, to run. Yeah, Colbert to run, and uh, with like the knowledge of like all these like great people, like, like great like current minds, just saying, no, this is just the way the world works. Let's just be honest about it and just move yeah. forward with it. I mean, look, I think even unfortunately that I mean, when you think about the fact that both camp, both presidential campaigns this year will probably spend over a billion dollars. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That like, and that is. What you'd be competing against to run a viable right. campaign, and so you either need to, you either need 
You need basically all of those minds to come together and somebody with deep, deep pockets to put together a super PAC, non-coordinated, in order to try to get that, that, that those people elected. Otherwise, you don't really have a chance in hell. But I think the if if somebody was able to do it, that one person, that kind of opens the floodgates for the future. Yeah, I think if look if you could figure it out once, it would be something that would be replicable. But like that's why I said a hundred years. Hard, I yeah, don't expect exactly to see it. Exactly, not <laughs> not in our yeah. lifetime. A lot, a lot would have to change. Do you it's, think it's calcified? It's really do you sort of think, terrifying. Do you think we'll see a woman president in our lifetime? I certainly, I certainly hope we'll see one very soon. Yeah, very much. So. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing, right? Um, so when Obama, I, I'm black. Yeah, um, you are. I am. I am. <laughs> Some people get confused. The dreadlocks help clarify things. Um, but um, so look, when I, I didn't think I'd ever see a black president in my yeah. lifetime, and I remember when Obama announced, um, a lot of people were like, "He's going to win," and I'm like, "You do realize." He's black. <laughs> yeah. And his name is Barack Hussein Obama, and he's running in America. According to, um, according to Patton Oswalt, a Jamba Juice supple, supplement with a dictator's middle name. But literally, yes. <laughs> uh, and he's running in the United States. Like, we, are, we aren't ready for that. Um, yeah. and, then, uh, and then when he won, I remember calling my father, who's, who's black and grew up in the Deep South, like during the Civil Rights Movement, and saying, you know, did you ever think you'd see a, the, the first black president? And he's like, no, I, I, I hoped that you would. And I remember there was this photo, I can't remember if it was the 2008 or the 2012 inauguration. I think it was 2012, but it was when um, the president and the first lady got out of the the limousine and walked sort of the last bit to the White House. There's this photo of this kid, probably eight years old, in like a big puffy jacket, black kid. And you know how they have those like, those sort of gated um, sort of uh, barriers? Yeah. And he's like pushing his head through the barrier and looking at Barack and Michelle Obama. And you can see on his face that he's just like... Oh, I like that. That can be me. Mm-hmm. And I think about I have I have three nieces, um, and I think about them like they are they're they're all under the age of six, and so they've they've only known a black president, which yeah. is crazy conceptually, but they've never seen a female president. And yeah. when I think about the idea that you know young women will be able to look at the presidency and say no that is, that is possible. You know, there's this great line. This will sound like a segue, but a weird segue, but it's true. Like uh, in Hustle and Flow. Uh, which is a movie that I actually really loved. That's a great the movie. The very end of that movie, there's that scene when Terrence Howard's in jail and Terry Manning comes to oh, visit yeah. him. And uh, and he's like, you know, one day my daughter's going to ask me if she can be president. I'm going to look at her and I'm going to lie to her and say that she can. And that that was pre-Obama. Yeah. And if we have a female president, like that ceases to be true. And I think that like the value of that culturally is staggering. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting that if you think about like, like – Four or five Muslim, like predominantly Muslim countries, have had female presidents, and we haven't yet. Like, what? It, like, yeah, what does that say about about awesome. our culture? Um, that you know, vis-a-vis issues related to misogyny and gender. Well, I know personally, for me, like, um, like I was, I don't know, politics was always kind of in the rear view for when I was younger. Like, I just wasn't really that interested, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I remember I got really interested in, like, when. Um, I think it was when George W. Bush was first going up. Was that what year was that? Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah. So like, I really was like, I was like, let's yeah. th- not. We can't have George W. Bush. <laughs> exactly. Like, we really got to work. Stakes is high. Yeah, yeah. And when and then when he won, I was like, oh fuck, you know, right. like, this sucks. And then two thousand four came around, and like, and I was like, okay, we. we yeah, we do got. It. It. And then that happen. and that yeah. whole and also being Chad, by the way, just a segue to like oh, the oh, whole pregnant right, hanging Chad, Chads. Hanging oh Chad. God, for, <laughs> for the next year, it was a big joke. But also, but that really like made me just go like, oh fuck, politics. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And so when. 
when Obama was coming up, I was like, oh, well, that'd be great, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, exactly. Yeah, uh, and then, like, when it, I remember when it did, like, I was just, like, at a, I was actually at the UCB. It was really weird. Like, uh, they had, like, a, they were just telecasting. <laughs> it was like an election party at yeah, the they UCB? Had, like, yeah, they, and so, like, everyone was just in the audience. There was, like, a full house, and I remember sitting there, and then it was announced, and it was just, like, just swelling of emotion. Like, it was really, yeah. like, I couldn't, it made me, like, go, oh, shit, politics can work again, like. It's it true. Was very inspiring. You know, I think it's really interesting, and I think, you know, what when I think about what's going on in the world right now, like the idea of an of any of the people, most of the people who are running right now, if they were president right now, like mm-hmm. what the reaction is. Like, I I I am incredibly proud that that Barack Obama is the president and will stand up and say that like reject like the notion of putting all American Muslims into a database or suspending the Syrian refugee crisis over a, t- a terrorist attack that had nothing to do with Syrians or yeah. refugees um, or only accepting Christian uh, refugees. Like, it, it, it's important that we have a president who will stand up and say that's not who we are as Americans. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think we're reminded every so often, and this is one of those times, like how important these things are. Like we can, we can be disaffected, we can sort of hate the, the candidates, but like when you really think about it, like it, matters yeah. who's in that chair and it's not just like i mean obama like he was he's he's a very intelligent person i think yeah. that was what would... well that's the other thing i just want somebody smart yeah <laughs> like, i just so, I, I don't really like, i can disagree with you but just be smart enough to yeah. not do dumb i think shit. i feel like because bush was such like a just, caricature well he was such like um and portrayed so much by the media too as such a dumbo and also i th- i think he was he's not very intelligent well i should, i'm actually going to dispute that notion here here's so here's my thing okay um one there's this amazing documentary that alexander pelosi nancy pelosi's daughter did called journeys with george okay that i highly recommend um and it sort of humanizes george w in a way that i i definitely was not expecting to sort of i, I actually think he plays the Hey guys, what's up? Like, let's go get a beer. Yeah. I think he plays that more than he actually is. I actually think he's smart. I think he was taken advantage of by guys like Dick Cheney yeah. during his presidency. Do I think that George W. Bush is our smartest president? No. But I'll tell you this, I long for the days of George W. Bush when I look at the candidates for the Republican nomination yeah. this time. Yeah. Like W after 9-11 went out and said Islam is not a religion of violence. These people are saying keep all Muslims out of America. I guess I guess what I'm I'm wondering is like, do you think that if if uh, George W. if like Al Gore, if Al Gore had won, yeah, and and then Obama came around, like, do you? Oh, I think Obama wouldn't have won. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I feel like I think I feel Obama like Obama was a response to. Yeah, hundred percent. I yeah. don't think that the America would never have taken a risk electing a black man for president unless things had not gone so badly under W. Yeah. And by the way, I think W is aware of that. And I think he's actually weirdly proud of it. Yeah. If you go back and look at his speech at the White House the day of the inauguration when Obama came in, he gives a speech, and I think someone asked him in the in the press pool, like, you know, how does it like how does it feel that we America just elected the first black president? And he gives this look on his face. That you can't, that I interpreted, maybe wrongly, maybe I'm projecting as him basically being like, yeah, and y'all know that wouldn't be possible without me. Mm-hmm. So, what if it was all one long con? Like, he's this super smart guy, and he's just like, all right, I'm going to look like a dumb dumb in front of everybody, but that means they'll underestimate me. And, uh, and, and no one will really take me seriously, but I'll, but I'll, I'll fucking get them. W? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think that to some extent, I think a lot of look a lot of people are playing that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I I mean I'm a huge fan of like time travel and stuff like that and like the the concept of um like circular time travel. You know, like like so if you do one thing, it affects everything. Like right. you can't you can't ever change it. Or whatever, right. right. Yeah, yeah. So like 
to me, I, I just, in my mind, I'm just curious, like, how, like, we go from W to Obama and, like, how that's going to influence what we choose, we choose next because of, like, this kind of past we have. Do, do we also live Ooh. up to, like, some expectations that we don't have? Because, like, it feels like W wasn't the, ex- didn't have the expectations of anybody who voted for him. And then it was, like, people, once Obama was in the office, there's a lot of people who have, like, uh, who had issues with like Obamacare and other stuff and other issues. And then it's like, maybe we build up our candidates and our president. Cause they're supposed to be the, the leader of the quote unquote free the world. world yeah. Um, that we, that when they don't live up to that, they're like, Oh, well no, we can't well, screw that. That didn't work. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Obama never could have lived up to the expectations that were, that were sort of placed on his shoulders. I think people, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think one of them is, is that, you know, he was, you know, the yes, we can. I think people misinterpreted as a lot of things that yeah. were not what he intended, um, though I'm sure he let them continue to think that to help get elected. But I also think there's like, look, let's just talk about movies and narrative for a second. There's this there's this uh, symbolic figure of the magical Negro in all of our movies yeah. that like, you know, let's let the black guy he'll fix everything. <laughs> and I think Obama sort of occupied that, that, that place in our political minds as a country for a very long time. And so you have folks on the left that are like, Wait a minute! This is not the utopia I was promised by by Barack Obama, and he's and and he, I think, very intelligently is like, I never promised y'all a utopia. I promised you guys basically that I was going to be a really, really, really smart manager who could solve problems and who would not respond driven by emotion in situations. Yeah. And that's what we need as a president. And so, I, I I'm hopeful that the the folks on the left who've been disaffected by Obama's pragmatism will recognize the deep, deep danger of a lot of the, the candidates on the right um, and then end up in a situation where uh, where they sort of band together and, uh, and and do what needs to be done. Yes. No, I, I, Fingers I agree. crossed. Yeah, no. <laughs> I agree. You never, I think, you never know. I just, I guess I just, um, thinking that like how Obama is like kind of, like if it was elected because of W, I almost worry that like the reason Trump's doing so well is because uh, oh, hundred percent! No, no, yeah. no, no, no! Yeah, look, there, there are all these polls that talk about. Look, so I grew up in in West Central Georgia, uh-huh. deep South. <laughs> oh, and where, where at uh, uh, Columbus, Georgia? Oh, I went, I went to school in Savannah. Oh, did you really? Yes, yeah. a, a scatter. Yep, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so like, Savannah's a lot nicer than Columbus. I mean, it's just yeah. beautiful. It's a beautiful city. Um, and and, I, and it's funny because I, I I was not a fan of of growing up in Columbus when I was growing up there, but in retrospect, I have I have a great deal of nostalgia about it. But mm-hmm. you know, I think that. Where I grew up and, and across the country, there are a lot of folks that are like, I mean, look, a lot of the negativity around Obama, particularly on the right, let's be honest, is related to the fact that he's black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. period, full stop. The idea that like there are still a third of the Republican Party who think he's a secret Muslim. Um, a third of the Republican Party, I think, who thinks that he was born in Kenya. Yeah. Um, that has to do with a neo-negativist attitude, and I think that you know Trump is playing right into that with the the database about of, of American Muslims, the you know Mexicans are, are rapists and drug dealers, and yeah. they're coming to our country. Um, and you know he's got right now a third of Republicans are saying well, they're going to support him. Well, I think when I think well, so there's a lot of talk, and obviously we just have been doing a lot of it mm. just now. I think once it gets narrowed down and you see yeah. the, the two people that are there, it's going to become much clearer. Yeah, it's over, it all changes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like right now, the pool is just so wide, and obviously Trump is the flashy person to talk about yeah. because of what he's saying, because of who he, who he is from his past yeah. and. Uh, his hair, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that we were able to focus in on that. Uh, if he is the ends up becoming the 
Republican candidate, which I don't think he will be. Yeah. Um, I think e- even pe- like even you talk about the majority of the Republican Party, I think people will be like, after after they have serious debates and stuff, and you really start seeing it, there's got to be smart people who really go, N- please don't vote for him, even though I'm a Republican telling you not to. Well, right? I I think there will be. Forty percent of the forty percent of the country who would vote for whoever the Republican candidate is, and forty percent who would vote for whatever the Democrat yeah. candidate is, regardless. Yeah, right. And really, the and then by the way, those are probably smaller numbers in the actual cases. The real election, the, the the general election, is about getting the people who are not who can who will can vote either way. Well, also, in and the then states, also voter turnout. Well, also in the states as yeah. well that matter. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. No, like, it's Ohio, uh, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Swing states, gotta get them. So I've got to collect, gotta catch them. Would I don't know. Maybe you don't. No, no, no one has to answer this. But would you have a prediction of who you think will be the Republican nominee? It, you know, I get asked this a lot, and I normally I I feel like I do. Like in any given election, I'm like, all right, I think it's going to be this guy. Yeah. I I genuinely have no idea. And here's so and here's why. A, there's so many candidates, and B, like I like the Trump thing. It didn't surprise me initially. I was like, yeah, okay, doesn't surprise me. Like if you look at the the, the Romney election uh, the primary four years ago. You know, Herman Cain was a front runner at one point. Yeah. Like with the nine 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 deal. <laughs> so so it didn't surprise me that you'd have people like Trump and Carson emerge as front runners and then recede. Well also this, wasn't la- wasn't last uh la- not last year, last election, wasn't I forget, who was Romney's running mate, the a VP candidate? Paul Ryan, who's yeah. the last speaker of the house. Yeah, I mean I feel wasn't there was some issue with him as well in a in a way? Like there was some quandary about that as well. like I feel like there was another stigma on the vi- who the vice president would have been as well. Um, oh obviously. yeah, I do actually vaguely there was, remember like, some this. Stuff with women and just stuff that he was saying. I feel like. Well, I think the, the, the there was a, well there's I mean, there's there's so much. There's always a lot. There's yeah, so sorry. much there I mean, with I just, the Republican yeah. Party and it's particularly related to women. But I honestly don't know. I mean, like, so look, you, I I can't imagine that Trump sustains what he's been able to do. I yeah. think he'll make it through to Super Tuesday just because he's got the money and because he's got you know the sort of celebrity. Ben Carson, I think, will do very well in Iowa. I I, I want to believe that eventually the field is going to narrow to Trump, Carson, Cruz, Rubio, and Bush. Mm-hmm. I think in the and then depending on when Trump and, and Carson drop out, I think that Cruz starts to inherit a lot of their votes from like yeah. extreme and that's social annoying. conservatives. But I'm 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 a pain in the ass, and I think Ted Cruz is a massive pain in a know-it-all pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, I think Rubio then inherits most of the um. Uh, sort of establishment votes because I just don't think that Bush can really figure it out. He's just like not, he's less charismatic than his brother. He's the Cooper Manning of yeah. the... He really is the Cooper Manning <laughs> of the Bush family. It's so true. So it's true. so true. And um, by the way, Cooper Manning, if you are listening, no offense to you, I, you got hurt. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah, saying, also, yeah. by the way, Cooper Manning is probably like the coolest of the Manning brothers. Probably. Yeah. Like, but, but, but it's gotta be weird. Like, I have a younger brother who's a professional soccer player and I know like how much it sort of eats me alive. Like, I look, I admired him. My brother was awesome. I, but, like, I, would I have loved to do that? Yes. Yeah. And he was, like, you know, he was, like, you know, an occasional starter for an MLS team. He wasn't winning Super Bowl rings. <laughs> and I didn't have two brothers who had won Super Bowl rings yeah. and doing massive ad campaigns. But, 
There's I have a great, feeling Cooper Manning's doing fine. There's a great Simpsons joke where he's like, uh, it was right after Eli won after Peyton, and they're like, yeah. play, they're playing in the park, and he's like, he feels great being Super Bowl MVP, uh, and then like, and Cooper Manning runs, goes, comes by, he goes, yeah, and when you're a college uh, basketball MVP, he goes, he's like, oh, it's okay, run. And he goes, I'm the oldest. Yeah, <laughs> they, they've done some really good. That uh, the the Serenade Live United Way sketches with Peyton and Eli are the funniest things I've ever seen. Like they're exactly. Absolutely really amazing. Um, anyway, but yeah, yeah um, well, that, I mean, this this talk's been like very nice. I, I liked yeah. it. I mean, oh, despite yeah, can I, can I say too? Like, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. I have no idea either. Yeah, no, that's it's weird. Weird. no, 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 no. It's an interesting question, and I and I and the funny thing is, that I don't know that anyone knows, and and sort of historical tracking and like trying to assess things based on the way things have gone in the past doesn't really provide much insight. Like yeah. I'm a big 538 fan. Like Nate Silver is my guy. Yeah. And he did a really good job predicting all of this stuff. And even he, I think, is struggling to come up with a model to predict what's happening. Yeah, I, f- I feel like about this time, like every election year, there usually is like, there's a, a little bit of a consensus of like who, like maybe yeah. like a handful of like, who's going to be Two the, or three yeah, like, exactly. front But now it's like, I just like, who knows? No idea. The, the one they did just, also a like Too Many Cooks parody of all the Republican <laughs> People, candidates, people, and like, it, it like, so it was putting the song to, but it like showed the White House, and that's it, amazing. Yeah. Oh wait. Also, did you you know the bad rip the bad lip reading videos? I, I'm oh, aware yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. They did one of one of the Republican um, debates. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, I think really, I, I think I saw it. Yeah, it was, it was really, really funny. Good. Here, here's what I will say, and I, I, I'm stealing from from 538 and Nate Silver. They made the argument that they they've made the observation in the past that primaries typically have to do with the endorsements that you get from members of your own party. Mm-hmm. And that this year, um, most endorsements seem to be going to people who are roughly ideologically aligned with you in terms of members of Congress. And that if you look at a graph of uh, ideological conservatism, Marco Rubio is closest to that median um, of most members, most Republican members of Congress, which would suggest that he when all of the craziness washes away, he'll be best positioned to win the election. And yeah. frankly, a Rubio nomination, I think, is probably the most likely to serve the Republican Party well in terms of their chances in the general. Like, the, like as a progressive, the, the ticket that keeps me up at night is like Rubio Haley. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, look, you have a, a Southern Republican female governor who's the daughter of immigrants who was willing to take the stand and bring the Confederate flag down, mm-hmm. which that if that doesn't show political courage and leadership, I mean, I think she was forced into it by the Dylan Roof thing, but like she did it and a lot of other Republicans were still fighting it. Yeah. By the way, and how then, is that still a conversation? So, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then with the Syrian refugees, she was the only Republican governor to say, no, we're not changing our policy. We happily welcome Syrian refugees. And that takes real political courage right now. So I think, those two, like a, a Rubio-Haley ticket, I think is probably the, the Republicans' strongest chance to yeah. win the White House. Um, but, you know, we shall see. Yeah. Nate Silver should just hire you, fun. man. No, I'm just stealing from Nate Silver. Oh, Maybe okay. I, could, I could be Nate Silver's hype man. Um, <laughs> like, yo, check out this data. This shit is out of control. Um, <laughs> oh, I would, I by the way, I would, I would do that job. I would happily, if Nate, if Nate, if Nate Silver Are wants to call Nate? me, <laughs> I will happily be his hype man, which I already kind of do on Twitter and Facebook anyway. There's, so, nice. uh, there's one thing I want to add. I think we, we, we were touching upon it with, like, when you were talking about uh, – there are some people who are going to grow up and there always was a black president yeah. or there always was things. I think society works hand in hand with the elections. Like, yes. for instance, with me, like 
there isn't a situation where like um, all races weren't equal or women weren't equal, yeah. you know, in a, to a, to an extent. Uh, I mean, I know I, I'm aware that racism exists, but not to the extent that it was in the early, like early part of the, uh, 20th century, uh, 20th century. Yeah. Look, pr uh, progress has been made. Progress has been made. Um, because of that, when people tell stories from like 40, 50 years ago, it's like, oh, that's so shocking. Like it's for yeah. me to like see that in perspective. So growing up that way, I mean, you look at like, people born past now it's like okay so uh gay people from my perspective have always been able to get married P uh there's always has been a black president there's uh always been viable female candidates to run for president right but like so i think when society society folds over again and keeps going and doing stuff working hand in hand i think that will in turn affect the way the next generation votes in their elections. I, I agree, and I think you see signs of it. I think there was a study done where, like, they they were interviewed Republicans asking them whether they supported gay marriage, and like more than fifty percent of Republicans or people who self-identified as Republicans under the age of twenty-five were pro-gay marriage. Like, you would not like that's not true of Republicans over over fifty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also think that it's important to realize that you know, look, we it, those of us who do see the world um, as humanists and sort of view everyone as equal. Uh, there are places in America where that is far from true. You know, we, are, true. we still live in a world where, you know, a black kid, a 12-year-old playing, <clears throat> excuse me, playing on a, a you know, at a, at a playground, you know, a bunch of white cops roll up and start shooting as soon as they arrive without even talking to him, and those folks don't even get indicted. You know, it's like, rough. And, and that, and, you know, the, when you look at something like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, there's a reason it exists, and the reason it exists is that, you know, there's a, deep, deep systematic legacy of racism that still affects us. And I think that, that there, there's the legacy of racism, there's the legacy of, of, of sexism and misogyny, and, and that doesn't even begin to touch the tip of the iceberg that we're only starting to confront now, whereas it applies to the LGBT community and yeah. issues of, so um, of, of sexuality and, 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 and rights like that. I mean, the, there was the Houston, uh, elect, the Houston uh, referendum about like trans people using bathrooms. Yeah. And this idea that, like, that, and, and, and the, the bill was about, trans, about rights for everyone. Yeah. That like, you couldn't be discriminated against. And they turned it into, you don't want men to dress as women and go into the bathroom. It's yeah. like, have you seen the, the, the like ads for that? It's almost comical. The ads are fucking yeah. insane. They're ridiculous. Um, John Oliver, was it John Oliver? No, it was uh, SNL actually did a pretty good. Um, I can't remember who she, John Oliver did do something. Someone, yeah, and just ripped it and just sort of exposed it for what it was. Yeah. It was pathetic, but it's. Uh, but no, it was SNL this past weekend. Um, what's his name? The tall, thin, young guy on SNL did a really good job, I think, breaking down why it was completely ridiculous. But mm, that's cool. But that's so. Those things are, I think still matter. But over time, I, look, I'm I'm one of those people that begins at the arc of the universe bends towards justice, and those of us who who want to see that happen just yeah. need to do all we can to help it bend a little bit more quickly. Great. Well, the way we end our show is we give a suggestion to our audience. We call it a suggest this, kind of like a suggestion in improv comedy. Okay. And it could be uh, anything like a movie, a book, or anything. It could be a, a quote. It could be a, like a thought for us, food for thought for the day. It could be just for anything to suggest to our listeners, a life hack. I'll start um, to give you just yeah. like some time. Um, so I just I ran the LA Marathon last year. I just signed up again. Uh, props, to, by the way. I feel I was like <laughs> the, like run, here's what I'll say about running a marathon. The running a marathon was the easy part. The day after was the hardest <laughs> thing ever. You're with my legs wouldn't work like the next day. Like I could not bend my legs. Like to, have you started training yet? Uh, this year? Yeah. No. <laughs> and it's actually a month earlier. 
and so that like last year it happened on March fifteenth. This year it's happening on Valentine's Day. I think Valentine's Wait, the, the the marathon is happening on Valentine's. Yeah, Day? I think Valentine's Day ca- it came. The oh. only marathon came on uh, the fourteenth of February is a Sunday, and the marathon's always run on a Sunday. So they're like, oh, let's just do the marathon on Valentine's Day. It will be a big thing. That's so, a terrible idea. Well, it's on Valentine's Day, so that's what I'm doing Valentine's Day, ladies. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you can watch me run the marathon and then take care of me the day after. Well, yeah, and when you finish, they have like beer. They give away free beer for the runners. So uh, I feel like I would have like a sip and then just be wasted. Oh, it's the best beer ever. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I signed up again, and uh, and you can still sign up. You should do it because it's actually like if you're young enough and your legs work, uh, you should totally no because running a marathon is ki- like bad for your like as much as you're running on oh yeah no i've things. run marathons yeah i know I, yeah. i'm just saying like i have not run marathons <laughs> but like so like it's something and it does feel it does feel accomplished accomplishment i'm and just so, surprised you haven't started training i'm sorry I've... no no so this is what i'm getting to so this is my training okay. this is my this is my suggest this if you are running the marathon and again i think you should uh if you're able to do it um what there's a book that i used last year to help me train and it's called the hansen's marathon method and I've read that book. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's. I like, briefly thought about running a marathon, and that was the book I <laughs> no, So yeah, what I went, to, what I did is I went to Barnes and Noble, and I went over to the, like the health and fitness books, and I like picked that one out because it was the one that like I read the backs and I flipped through them. I was like, this is the one that feels like the best, and it not it not only gives you like the training like schedule, you like read it, and it's also a quick read. It like gives you the science behind mm-hmm. why you should eat these foods when, why you should train this way then, and like it breaks it up like. You don't just run these miles. You run at like intensity. You do like a strength training. You do a tempo training. You do mm-hmm. uh, it's it's all and it's broken into weeks. And then it it breaks it into beginner, intermediate, uh, expert, right. marathon runners, so that you can split your distances. And, Is there like a sub beginner level that I can start out with? Well, they also have a hat a book about half marathons as well. Okay, maybe I should start there. Then. Yeah, like go to Disneyland, run the <laughs> Disneyland half marathon. But uh, step one, walk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I'll say this uh, for for running the marathon, the first uh, fourteen to seventeen miles was pretty easy. It's when you hit Culver City and the sun is right above you that you start not seeing straight, and you're like, "What am I doing?" And then you get to mile twenty, and you have four like like, like six something left to go. And see, I have a completely. When I ran the marathon, it was torrential rainfall, and my hands went numb because it was so cold. By the time I got there, well, oh, by so- mile twenty, like I couldn't feel my toes, fingers. Or no. Oh, like, so oh, so when I ran it, they had to move it an hour back because what ended up happening is they were like, it's going to be record heat. So we don't yeah. want you to die. So we're starting in an hour early. But yeah, so Hanson's Marathon Method is my suggestion for all you marathon runners. Valentine's Day. Woo. Also, if you're gonna run a marathon, go to Chicago. That's the that's if you if you've never won one, that's the easiest one to do. I was gonna say which one is the flattest? <laughs> yeah, that's Chicago, the yeah, flattest, easiest one to do, best time of year. Good to know. Um, Chad, do you have a suggestion for the listeners? Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna suggest that you listen to a song that uh, I've it's been out for it's been out for like ten years I think, but it's just a song that I really love and I've been listening to it like I came on my shuffle and I just love it. It's uh, M Ward's Chinese or Chinese uh, translation. The Chinese translation is the name of the song. Fuck it up. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Edit all that out. Okay, I know. Uh, Chinese translation by M Ward. That's just look that up. Google it, or you can probably find it on uh, YouTube. YouTube. Or... Yeah, it's I. It's one of my favorite songs. Listen cool, to man. that. Cool. Uh, Franklin, I know Hamilton um, is the, the yeah, shit, but, saying, but what else? Um, what, 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 what do you got? Do I only? I'll do. I'll do a few things. Look, uh, I I um, 
obviously, like, I really am interested in politics, and I think it's really important. My suggestion would be to just for everyone to read as much as they possibly can um, about the issues affecting the country, uh, pay attention to uh, what the candidates are actually saying and doing, and, and vote. Like, yeah. it, it really fucking matters. To quote our vice president, it's a fucking big deal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then beyond that, uh, definitely check out Hamilton. It's the truth. Um, <laughs> Manuel Miranda is a genius. They could have given him more than one genius grant, and uh, I would not have batted an eye. Oh, is that how it came to be? Was no, it no, no, no. The, the story's crazy. So, like, he made In the Heights. Uh, he went on vacation and read Ron Chernow's uh, biography of Alexander Hamilton and was like, yo, this kid was like an orphan, like living in New York. All he wanted to do was like fight and like make a name for himself. That's hip hop. Look, I'm going to do a Hamilton mixtape. And then that turned into the musical and it's brilliant. Um, you know, I because again, I mentioned I was really into him. I yeah. researched like stuff on the duel. I was actually thinking of if writing you're a super play. into it, you will love. No, I know. The I know. Well, no, so like one of my fa fa one of the weirdest facts is so. When he he obviously died in the duel in yeah. New Jersey because New York was like really against dueling, so was the country. By the way, but and there there are multiple references to the fact that everything's legal in Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like there there are multiple Jersey jokes in uh, the musical. But yeah, so uh, his son. I don't know if they go into his son in the play. Yeah. Oh, they do about yeah. him dying like literally almost to the day in the same yep. spot. Same. Yep. The whole thing. Okay. All. That, I, it's all. Why, it's all in why, there. Why, okay. I now. Spoiler it, alert. Spoiler. Mike. It's Jesus. all. It's all in there. If you I'm didn't not... know. If you didn't know how the bird duel, uh, Hamilton duel ended, <laughs> that's I'm you. sorry. That's on you. You <laughs> had 300 years or 200 exactly. years to. Well, get now that. you now you've alienated the 12 year olds who listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there were, by the way, when I saw Hamilton in the theater, there were like multiple kids under the age of eight. Oh, and, it's amazing. And, and what was crazy is like I was talking to one of their parents, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we listen to it all the time in the car. He knows all the words." What? <laughs> it's just like, wow, um, the, this is this is what happens, I guess, when you live in New York. Well, now I know what I'm getting my two-year-old niece exactly. for uh, Christmas. <laughs> so, Franklin, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything going on? Yeah, I think the thing that I would plug is uh, the Blacklist Table Reads, uh, the Blacklist Podcast. We take the uh, the best screenplays we find on uh, our website, blacklist.com, which is blacklist with no vowels, and we get a bunch of actors into a radio studio we recorded as a contemporary radio play and uh we released them as ear movies as we call them I've and we got I've dope listened to them. stuff this season we launched our new season this week uh the first script is one that won the uh, best comedy screenplay award at the often film festival in 2014 uh we've got a sci-fi uh thing coming in two weeks we've got an amazing like action comedy around christmas uh december 17th a lot of really really cool stuff Blacklist Table Reads. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Nice. Yeah, and are you on Twitter? Uh, I am on Twitter, at Franklin Leonard, uh, Franklin J. Leonard on, on Instagram. Just, you can you can search for me. Yeah. They're not, they, look, look for the look for the black guy with dreadlocks with the really waspy name. <laughs> and I, uh, you guys know this, I'm Mike Solari. You find me at M. Solari on Twitter and always on Facebook and MikeSolari.com where you can also find the show notes. I'm just at Chad Fogland on Twitter. All right, have the a great... The only one in the world, so... You you are the Chad Fogland. Uh, well, uh, go out there, read up on your uh, election stuff, vote, do all that stuff, and have a great day, everybody. Goodbye. Peace, y'all.